It's the Fear Central Podcast. Hey, fellow horror fans, welcome to the Fear Central Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and uh, joining me this week, we've got... Chris. And... Paul. Via phone, because as of right now, we're all uh, shelter in place, as I'm so to speak. I'm going stir crazy. I'm pacing. Are you? No joke, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll trade you. Can I come over there and you come over here and we'll just switch? I somehow think that negates the purpose. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, we hope everyone else is out there doing with their part. Um, all of this really made me think of Starship Troopers, all their little commercials. Are you doing your part? I'm doing my I'm- part. I'm doing my part. <laughs> this is where I go. You do your part too. <laughs> Stay home on lockdown. So, do not leave your house. Would you, you like to know more? Would you no, like to thank know more? You. Every time I get on Facebook, that's all I see. Would you like to know more? <laughs> um, oh, just it's a different type of bug. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're going to talk about things that are scary that aren't invisible to the naked eye. This is yes. true. Uh, we'll get into that in just a bit. But uh, first, if <laughs> you're first time here, welcome. We appreciate you coming in and listening. Uh, if you'd hi, like, Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like to know more. <laughs> Uh, but if you're looking for ways that you can subscribe to us and uh, catch our show every week, we can you can do that by going over to fearcentral.net. We have uh, 13 different subscription places you can go to. Uh, the top five are on the front page, and if you click the little three dots, you'll get over to the other area that shows every one of them. So if there's one that you like better, we may have it on that list. You know, we're into that variety of mutilated media pleasure. Yeah. So yeah. Google, Amazon, YouTube, Audible, Pornhub, everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking a little bit more PG, like, you know, iHeartRadio, that kind of thing. But, you know, oh, whatever floats oh. your boat, babe. <laughs> He, he, he said pod hub, right? That is yeah. not what he said. Palm hub. <laughs> it's, palm a, hub. it's your hub for all your Pomeranian pictures. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> is, there, is there a Korg hub? <laughs> Did you say corn pub? No. Is it an establishment that only serves corn? Yes. No, I say Korg. As in little oh, corgis. Korg. Korg oh, pub. No, I'm no, thinking but... he's a little bit inebriated. Yeah. Uh. I'm on the venom tonight. Um, but getting back into, uh, oh, by the way, we do have a Patreon, uh, page that we are currently in progress of coming up with. So if there's, if you like the show enough and you feel like you want to contribute to it, that'll be a way to do it. Uh, we'll have more details coming up later. Would you like to know more? Um, or the corn gets it. Yeah. Corn gets it. The corn gets it. Those children in that corn. Welcome to the corn pub. What do I get you? <laughs> do, do you have any peas? What? No, it's only corn. Uh, so corn, corn on the cob, other types of corn on the cob, cream corn. Corn ash. Corn bread. Corn the band. Always playing. It's a corn pub. <laughs> Uh, so this week we are bringing you Creature Features. Yes. And that is not the With TV show because, creatures. yeah, and it's not the TV show Creature Features because when I was doing my research that kept popping up, I'm like, no, 
actual movies. Come on. This is the non-TM version. Yeah. So, uh, so we picked anything that was not related to, um, I guess you would say, the typical U, um, Universal monsters, vampires, werewolves, zombies, all those. Those are oh my. those are not included. These would be other creatures that uh, give you the chills and thrills. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they go bump in the night and splash in the day and yeah eat you for all sorts of little crap in the afternoon right and sometimes they're not even what you expect them to be no they are not so what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of follow through with what we did last week we each picked two movies this time and we're gonna make our rounds around those movies and and why we enjoy them and um you know, some statistics about them. We did try to make sure that they were ones that during our current situation, you could go out and uh, get access to them via Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Vudu, Fandango, yes. you know, wherever. One of, one of mine's through a specialty streaming service, but you should, everyone should support it anyway. So Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure you could possibly maybe find them on Screenbox or Shutter or... Uh, horror television that's a new one I've seen lately uh, another streaming service that you can get through Amazon and I think they have their own way of doing it uh, but there's there's plenty of ways that you can go out there we wanted to make sure that you had access to them so that you know we're just not telling you this and you're like well I can't find it to watch damn it well that rare 80s movie that they were talking about sounds peachy keen too bad it's been out of print for 10 years right <laughs> can't find that anymore <laughs> but they may be showing it over at the corn hub so nice. <laughs> uh, they, they have it all they have it uh, the full movie full it's movie got, uh it's got indians uh subs on it for some reason nice. ah, oh, okay okay hmm, interesting so so what we're gonna do is we're gonna kick right into our first movie and chris what what, what movie did you pick first godzilla godzilla Gujara. And before you even which, ask which one, which one, all of them, all of them, <laughs> all of them except for hey, except the for the Broderick one. That's the That's an iguana. That's not Godzilla. So, uh, so let's start. What streaming service can you find these movies on? <laughs> Any and every, pretty much. I know Voodoo uh, has twenty one of them. Yeah, I signed up for Criterion today. They had three or they had four or five of them on well, there. Surprisingly, <laughs> right. boys, there's actually thirty two films alone from Toho Studios. Thirty two. So, thirty two. There are three what they consider feature films, and mm-hmm. so I, I mean it's it's a lot. Um, Godzilla was released way back in nineteen fifty four. Fifty four. The original creators, in Studio Fifty Four? No, not in Studio Fifty Four. Oh. But the year fifty four. Ah. You don't want to see Godzilla's dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not moves like Jagger, but <laughs> Um, okay, so Godzilla's actually been around for a while. I a mean bit. there there's no there's no denying that. Uh, and he is, after all, the king of monsters. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, there's actually three people 
that were the creators of the Godzilla franchise. Right. Um, Takanawa, Honda, and Tsuburaya. E Honda. Tsubra. <laughs> From Super Street Fighter? E Honda? <laughs> no. That's why and he actually, loses his arm there like was that? only two people who actually designed the original Godzilla costume, and that was Akira Watanabe and Tiezo. Yeah, we'll take oh, your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad when you can't, I can't see your screen. <laughs> I'm I'm all the way across town in okay, another house. But here's the thing: <laughs> there were only two people to ever vocalize Godzilla. Rar. Ted Cassidy and Frank Welker. Two Americans did it in '54. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it was a little bit later. It was when he did the Godzilla went on a cartoon. Oh. And with, with Godzuki. Mm. So, uh, Godzilla actually has two sons Kazuki. that are adopted, if you didn't know that. Well, yeah, I didn't see the female Godzilla he could be out there, you know, corn-hubbing with. Well, actually, Godzilla's unisex, yeah. so he could be either okay. male or female. So, so it's Tedzilla, and who's the other one? <laughs> Tedzilla and Bobzilla? <laughs> it's Manila. Oh, a Manilazilla. And Godzilla Jr. Those are his two sons. Oh. Oh, Shotazilla. Mm. <laughs> Manili Vazilizilla? That's a joke for your anime fans. Yeah, you're real funny. <laughs> okay, so why Godzilla? Um, grew up on Godzilla, and... First thing when you say creature, that's the first thing that pops out is Godzilla kicks all their asses. Except for there was a couple of films that were kind of hokey. Um, Just a couple. Well, you know, 50s were what it was. But there was episode with King Kong. And then there was one where he was in with Jet Jaguar. In which they kind of just shook hands. Jet Jaguar, is he related to Ultraman? Because they look alike. Actually, um, Jet Jaguar is before Ultraman. Mm. And why did they come out with Ultra Gay? I mean, man. <laughs> you really do want the bodies to hit the floor and let the blood flow, don't you? <laughs> Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Something's got to give, you Um, so yeah Godzilla has been around uh, 60 some odd years almost 60 years almost yeah close to it around but you got to think about it though Godzilla is always that balance of you know nature versus man I mean in a lot of the the newer generation they're all voting for Godzilla because he's the monster and you know right but notably, he's just there to bring balance. Yeah. And, and for you historical buffs, um, the uh, an original title for the 1954 was Gohira. Oh, I'm so proud you know that. G-O-J-I-R-A. Close. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Gohira. Um, and then translated into English, Godzilla. So Right. And, of course, all the miniatures of the set were actually done from Toho Studios. So, I mean, all the scenes of Tokyo that were destroyed were all done 
at the studios. It wasn't like they sent out for some model making place to do it. They did everything in in house. You know, that would almost piss me off. I spent 16 months building that <laughs> set and you're going to let somebody stomp on it. Well, actually, a lot of the sets were constantly reused. So if you go back and watch the Godzilla movies, a lot of what was destroyed and then rebuilt, you can actually see fracture lines on. Ah. Um, but the funny thing was, was that there was five people who played the original Godzilla okay. from the Toho movies. And each Godzilla had a different way of walking because of the tail. Kind of like Jason. Right. And... Because the Godzilla suit was pre-special effects almost, a lot of the suits did not have any kind of fans to circulate any kind of air. Or pee holes. Or, or any of that. So these people were constantly working in temperatures of 100 plus degrees. Having to pee really bad. <laughs> so they would have <laughs> to take breaks. They get out of the suit and go pee. And actually they didn't get out of the suit. There's actually some pictures that I have of... Them peeing in the suit? (laughs) No, of them sitting down and drinking tea or having water with the suit half down. Oh. Well, that's why they had to pee. They kept drinking tea and water. (laughs) (laughs) And that hydrates. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Sushi! Being king of the monsters is thirsty work. Thirsty work, yeah. This bud's for you. We're not talking about Audrey. But you guys have seen the Godzilla movies. So out of the Godzilla movies, which ones were your favorite kaiju that he actually fought? Um, Mine is uh, Gigan, the one that has the sword arms. Is that him? I don't remember his name. Paul? Uh... I I was I was all about bugs as a kid, so I I really liked Mothra. Nice. He was a giant moth, but you know. Yeah, well, you know she's also pretty badass. Yes. Um, and, yeah. Gotta you know, get. Who doesn't like a giant robot uh, lizard? So Mechagodzilla is awesome. Mechagodzilla, yeah. Which one? There was actually two of them. Uh, I want to say original. I I will admit I didn't watch the uh, movies in any sort of order. I would just pick up whichever one I found fastest at Blockbuster and <laughs> go rent it uh, and watch it with my friends at a sleepover. Just out of curiosity, have you seen the latest Godzilla Shin Godzilla? Uh, I have not seen the latest one. It's... It's 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 what it is. Yeah, it's kind of out it's there. It's very long in the tooth. It's very overdrawn as far as um, dialect goes. Not a whole lot of action, and except for towards the end. Well, if we're honest, I mean, you, know, you talk about all these movies that they exist, but Godzilla. That's a whole lot of. Uh, Oh, what is it? Melodramatic uh, relationship stories featuring scientists and government officials. True, but I mean, even back in the day, they shortened the dialect to get more of the monsters in. Because that was a way of drawing in more people. Because remember, during the 50s, it was all about the atomic craze. So everybody was on board with big bugs, big lizards, everything. (laughs) 
So, I mean, it was the dawn of the what we refer to as the um, I was movement, you know, the I was a teenage vampire, I was a teenage werewolf, mm-hmm. that kind of around. So, yeah, according to Newsweek, um, there are 17 titans in the Godzilla universe. Yes. That's including the new Motus in the first or second American film. Right. So, and you throw King Kong in there. and Yeah, King Kong was... was in a, I thought that was a decent movie. Yeah, yeah, it was much better than the Iguana Broderick movie. I think they were <laughs> trying to put the spin on it to get new people, you know, interested in Godzilla. It seems like for a time period, there's always a, you know, he kind of goes away and then comes back and to draw that new generation in. Yeah. Ah, like Superman. Yes. Yes. But fortunately, every Godzilla does not have a background story. No, does not. <laughs> Very few of them actually have background stories. I ever, uh, IMDb's got every Godzilla ever made list. Yep, there they are. It's a lot of them. I told you, thirty-two plus three feature films. Well, they're all kind of feature films, but mm. um, but that even includes one I didn't even know about: Godzilla, Planet of Monsters, in yep. 2017. Oh, yeah, I did. That's the anime one that's on Netflix right now. The There's two-parter. actually been several different Godzilla video games. Oh yeah, I, most I, of them have been released in Japan. Well, we had one for the original Xbox. That was the one that was Americanized and released for. Actually, there's two if you want to do American. Didn't Nintendo have one? Nintendo's not Didn't Nintendo have a Godzilla game? I think so, but it wasn't. Yeah, Yeah, I thought so. And then the original Xbox did. I think Sega did for the Genesis. Uh, The one I I seem to remember being kind of fun, I think, was on GameCube. Was it GameCube? (laughs) But there have been a few. Just a few. You working on your Corona typewriter? Over I, there? I am. I am. <laughs> Can't touch actual keyboards anymore. You gotta have a typewriter. That so. was an unintentional name name drop there. So Godzilla is. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla in his own right is pretty much Japan's um, own version of. I guess what we would equivalent Michael Myers to. I mean, he's a land shark. True. They they've killed him off so many times. He just keeps coming back. Except for the fact that Godzilla always ends up fighting for the humans. Right. Well, I don't even think he's really trying. He's just like I'm fighting these monsters, and we're all like, "Yeah, he's on our side." Well, that's because we're idiots. If you, if you got <laughs> if you got his internal monologue, he'd be like Marv in Sin City. Yeah. It's your own fault. Nobody else is that you get confused. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in Rampage. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 mm-hmm. The, uh, not, not the Dwayne Johnson movie, but no. the video game. But, yeah, he was actually in the video game. And then he's even made reference in a couple of different movies. He's everywhere. Pretty much is. Well, if you're talking to just name drops, that would be too many to mention. Yes. Way too many. Yes. <laughs> All right. 
Cool. Godzilla, yeah. Yeah. All hail the king, baby. Well, I guess we're done now. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> People are going to go watch Godzilla movies. They don't got yeah. time for anything else. That's true. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, what you got, Paul? Okay. So, uh, in honor of uh, a uh, great horror director that left us this past week, uh, Stuart Gordon. Yes. I am uh, humbly submitting uh, Dagon which is based on one of my absolute favorite H.P. Lovecraft tales, uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth. I have uh, to admit, though, when you texted me that, I thought it was I thought you were trying to, you know, type in dragon and it went something else. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? <laughs> no, no, Dagon, one of the elder gods, the old one, the ancient ones. There's a lot of ancient Lovecraft. ones, honey. <laughs> uh, so Dagon came out in 2001. It was a uh, Spanish-American co-production, and it's very, like, it's got some great scenery, because it's, like, on a fishing village off the coast of Spain where it was filmed, but uh, it was very, uh, their their, uh, eyes were bigger than their budget. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I I will preface this and say that there are some very shoddy effects throughout it, but the, the scenery and just the overall tone manages to save it in, in spite of it. And who doesn't love some good rubber monster effects from time to time? Oh, you got to. I mean, we just talked about Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess we start with the movie plot because there's a little bit of difference between the short story and the movie. Okay. Uh, the Dagon starts with, uh, two couples that are on a, that are on a boat off that, off the coast of a uh, fishing village in Spain. Uh, the boat gets ransacked. They end up having to, uh, go, la- go, uh, go, uh, go to land. And, uh, when they get there, they find that the people of the village are all kind of bundled up, covered under like rain slickers and stuff like that. And they move very unnaturally. Okay. Um, so almost immediately, all four of them get split up and, uh, you, uh, one, whenever one of these citizens get uncovered, you realize that they are kind of half fish, half person with a whole bunch of dangerous teeth and stuff. (laughs) Mm, Dangerous teeth and stuff. Reminds me of my last boyfriend. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways. At the the like I said, the, like I like I said, I'm prefacing that it's low budget, but it's got atmosphere and spades, and it's got some really good effects, and it's actually fairly tense. Who did the, the effects majority on it? Of the, the majority of the movie is uh, the main uh, main uh, character played by Ezra Godden, like running through the village, hiding from all these people that are after him. Yeah, and midway through the movie, he ends up coming face to face with a uh, kind of what's the right word enigmatic lady that's bound in a wheelchair that immediately is drawn to him and uh, there's a whole back whole backstory that depending on your view in the movie by the end you'll either go ah or oh ah ooh. <laughs> yes 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 there was uh, a lot of ah oh and then there was screaming and running <laughs> Uh, it was um, shot in Spain. Mm-hmm. Who was the effects? You wouldn't know. 
Because it was shot in Spain. Well, could we first don't know who he is? I, I did know. Or she? I got it. Or it? Um, where'd it go? Uh, your right. special effects makeup artist was David Marty, M-A-R-T-I. Okay, go on, David. Okay. Um, and then the actual makeup artist was Montserrat Baquetes. Say that five times. Exactly. <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah. Try try saying the uh, the uh, the girl, the captivating girl. Try saying her character name. Ezekiel. Lucia Combaro. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I'm drunk enough to even do that. Um. So. The uh, the good thing about this movie that I'm suggesting here uh, is there's a little app called Two B T V T U B I T V, which yes. is free. It's free. Yep, and you can catch it right there. You can catch it on there. Oh, you is can it, on it there? from Amazon Prime? If you, if that doesn't work for you, but if you but if you're okay with getting some advertisements, you can you can catch this one for free. And I feel it's well worth free. Yeah, <laughs> at least free. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. Uh, filmed between October 2000 and December 2000, and it came out Halloween. In Spain, nice. next year on on, on two thousand one, uh, it was filmed in Barcelona, Catalonia, Spain, um, as well as Castel Bisbal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so now, uh, the the, uh, the basis for this is like I said, the the story Shadow over Innsmouth. Mm-hmm. Um. For once, the Wikipedia looks like it's pretty decent, so the uh, narrator of the story ends up meeting Zadok, a drunk, who explains that an Innsmouth merchant named Obed Marsh discovered a race of fish-like humanoids known as the Deep Ones. Ah. When hard times fell on the town, Obed established a cult called the Esoteric Order of Dagon, which offered human sacrifices to the Deep Ones in exchange for wealth in the form of large fish holes and unique jewelry. When Obed and his followers were arrested, the Deep Ones attacked the town and killed more than half of its population, leaving the survivors with no other choice than to continue Obed's practices. Hmm. Well, I Uh, mean, you know, once you make a deal. I was looking up some of the interesting trivia of it. Um, They say that the main actor, Paul, his shirt in the film indicates that he is an alumnus of Miskatonic University. I love how I love how often that's used in HP Lovecraft movies. Yeah. Like in Somebody's going to be where like we just watched the color out of space and yeah, like the opening scene, guy comes out with a Miskatonic University shirt. Nice. <laughs> the uh the chant by the locals at the sacrificial ceremony near the end. Ia mm-hmm. ia uh, uh, Cthulhu Tongan, yeah, uh, Tongan, it, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, from uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, uh, <laughs> evidently it it appears in several of his tales, uh, shouted mm-hmm. by the followers of the old ones. Yep. Um, and if you end up watching Dagon and reading Shadow Over Innsmouth and you like it, there are a couple of Call of Cthulhu games that are or. Since somebody's going to correct me, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Um, Bless you. Now it's got a t- sound. Ah, 
um, but uh, there's a especially if you go on good old games, the uh, Dark Corners of the Earth game. Right. The the opening of it after you get past the first like opening section, it is almost like from the page jumped out, and you get to play through it in the game. Oh, okay. Because I've been playing the Xbox One version that's based on the tabletop role-playing game. And it's pretty decent. I really like it. There's a, li- there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, inspiration drawn from that story in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, because I've only gotten so far into it uh, because I got to a part where I got to sneak around. And I'm not so good at that part of the game. So <laughs> I'm kind of stuck. I always get caught. Um, but yeah, You're a this- horrible spy. Yeah, I'm a bad spy, bad spy. I, I would be more the uh, master disguise kind of spy. Just makes me, make, yeah. you know, put a fake mustache or whatever. <laughs> and, I mean, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If if Shadow over Insmith weren't my weren't like my probably my favorite story from H.P. Lovecraft, I'd complain that every Call of Cthulhu game ends up taking from Shadow over Insmith. Oh yeah. But it is, so I don't care. <laughs> so uh in case you know you didn't quite catch that tubi tv uh it is downloadable as an app for your xbox i'm sure playstation has it your android and ios phones probably have it as well or just go to the website um yeah and that is basically free culti- tv if you want to cultivate a sci-fi channel style afternoon of horror movies that's a good app to do it oh yeah definitely um <laughs> So, Dagon, check it out. All right, Mike. All right. I'm You're gonna, up. I'm going to move into my first movie here. Give it up. All right. Um, I'm going to have to go with The Ruins. Okay. Yes. Um, nothing says unseen, uh, unforeseenable creature as a giant plant. That's it. We're sending Paul down the dark and creepy tunnel first. Yeah. That rings like a telephone. The flowers. Um, the ruins is basically your typical college spring break but then they end up going to an actual actual set of ruins like a a mayan pyramid aztec pyramid something along those lines Um, and in doing so they get left there by their guides because some for some reason something starts happening it's getting darker something they're like we can't be out here so they end up basically camping out at the bottom of the pyramid a little ways off from it and our college students thus get trapped on the top of it with said plant encompassing the entire uh, pyramid which then they start discovering as time goes on that this plant is actually carnivorous and thus keeps trying to kill them so weird. much for VS Blind um, the, the actual storyline is a group of friends who leisurely, whose leisurely Mexican holiday takes a turn for the worse when they, along with um, a fellow tourist, embark on a remote archaeological dig in the jungle where something evil lives among the ruins. Yeah. Um, there's actually one scene. Of course, we always say that we spoil things in the show. Spoiler alert! But there's one scene where they're sleeping and they wake up and one of the girls has the weeds had climbed into the tent with him and had gone into uh, a cut that she had gotten and was actually like feeding on her while they were sleeping 
she wakes up she's all freaking out and the makeup on this is done really well because uh, there's another scene where they have to snap a guy's legs off to amputate him it's yeah. done really well it's pretty good yeah. um it's been since this movie first came to video that I've watched it, but I'm, I'm remembering some of these scenes. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, the languages that it is done in is, of course, English, Spanish, Greek, German, and Mayan. You can get this in Mayan language if you want to watch it that way. Nice. I want to watch the Mayan version. Okay. Are they, do they not just mean that Mayan is in the movie? No. Naturally? No, like, like it, there's an area that says um, uh, languages. Okay. And one of the languages, like the countries, you can get it, are U.S., Germany, and Australia. Languages, English, Maya, German, Spanish, and Greek. Uh, it came out April uh, 4th of 2008, so it's just about an anniversary time for it. Yeah. Uh, it was filmed at the uh, uh, Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia, mm-hmm. for eight million, roughly eight million dollars, and it basically made that its first weekend of eight million three thousand dollars. So that's not bad hmm. to make it yeah. what you spent the very first weekend. Yeah, that's true. Oh, time's up. Oh, time's up. Mm-hmm. You're gonna die. I know it. Always do. It's a very cheery death tone. I yeah. know, right? I thought so as well. Uh, and for your information, <laughs> the uh, special effects makeup artist was Jake Gerber. He's done quite a few other things, hasn't he? I'm pretty sure he has. <laughs> um, your hairstylist makeup artist, Paige uh, Badenock. Uh, Desiree Vogue Song was another makeup artist, but it uh, it stars Jonathan Tucker, uh, Jenna Malone, Laura Ramsey, uh, Sean Ashmore, and uh, Joe Anderson. Those are your main five in the in the cast, and then you have your Mayan bowmen and your horsemen and taxi drivers and all that. Huh. So if you like something that's a little out there and not a typical creature the ruins is one i highly recommend that is actually available on uh, amazon prime right now or take that back that's the other movie this one you can rent on prime you can rent it on voodoo um pretty sure you can get it on fandango i didn't check netflix or hulu so i'm not sure if they're available it's available on there yet or at this time But yeah, the ruins. You got a second film there, Chris? You got it another? looks like it's on Hulu. Is it I on do. Hulu? Okay. Oh wait, it's through Cinemax. Never mind. Ah, Cinemax. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, going with the 1950s, my other pick, the creature from the Black Lagoon. No. Aw, I know. I'm a little nostalgic. <laughs> um, so originally, it generated two films. Um, the creature was actually featured on the Munsters. Okay. 
the creature himself was played by Ben Chapman on land and Rico Browning did the underwater scenes. Okay. A little kind of new light was shed that it was Millicent Patrick, who was the actual creature maker, and supposedly the Gill Man, which was in the second movie, was created after the Academy Award. But there's no, like, verification on that. Uh, there was a little bit of a feud between Bud Westmore and um, Patrick. And according to the feud, and from what I understand, Westmore got jealous of Patrick getting the acclaim in the titles of the movie and got mad and took credit for it and pretty much wiped her out of the credits. She was referred to as the beauty who created the beast. Ooh. And so recently, within the past, I would say, 10 years, she's been known for her her contributions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, during the filming, Julie Adams was actually injured on the set. Right. So the scene goes is that the creature is taking her unconscious body into the caverns. And when we see him walk into the cave, the gunman actually couldn't see out of the suit and Julie scraped her head. Oh. So filming was promptly halted. She actually did not go to the hospital. She was treated on set and the movie resumed filming. Um, so the whole theory behind the movie was actually inspired by a Mexican folktale, which cinematographer Gabriel Fierro told Orson Welles and William Allen at a dinner party. Hmm. Hmm. And so, yeah. Well, good thing you didn't tell him about La Llorona. All right. Um, but... The creature has always been one of my favorite ones. It's more of a romantic kind of a horror film. I think that's where you... Because it's more the the romance. It's I, I like in uh, Del Toro. It's arguably more sentimental than Phantom of the Opera. Yes. <laughs> I like cinnamon, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. But, um, but I, w- I would actually say, in my opinion, that Del Toro's new... Shape of Water is very very much related. reminiscent of yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Um, just more yeah. of a more modern, well, not even a modern twist to it, but kind of given. I the wonder history. which one's more closely related to the that, actual Mexican folktale. The folktale, yeah. Have no idea because the folktales never mention exactly what it is. Ah. So if anybody knows that, would you mind coming onto our Facebook yeah. page? Yeah. Let you us know. know. Let us know because I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Love a little bit of nostalgia there. Um, I do have several different stills from production. Mm-hmm. And one of them is actually uh, a scene in which the creature is actually kissing Julie for press photos. Ah. So, I mean, there was whole, that whole spin on it. Then there's several different spins of when they went around. Of course, back then, you know. Yeah, this is back when they would actually attend theaters. Right, for um, the grand opening. For the openings of the film. 
as opposed to the, just the one premiere in Hollywood and then it goes out. Right. And usually they did different types of premieres for wherever they were. So, of course, like the big ones like New York and L.A. always got pretty, you know, over the top, I should right. say. So, yeah. Um, Creature also lands right into that entire canon of the Universal Monster series. Right. Um, along with, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, all of those. Right. Uh, I, I'm actually curious as to know why maybe Hammer didn't get into that one. I mean, they did their own Draculas. They did right. some wolf ones. You know, there's just some stuff he hasn't touched yet, but... I mean, the creature has been featured in several different movies offsetting, like just walk-on roles. And he's never really mentioned as the creature. It's usually the merman. Right. Or Gilman. Or Gilman. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't one that just took off and spun off into, you know, we didn't have Bride of Creature of the Black Lagoon or any of those. I mean, it had a couple of sequels, I think. But uh, Revenge of the Creature, and then there one was one called the gill man yeah yeah it, it made some inspiration like there, there's some inspiration in stories that carried on though i mean right. swamp thing always felt a little inspired by, by the creature yeah oh well, yeah <laughs> um but there was like i said numerous walk-on roles in which there was actually you know feature films but you just saw him in the background right i mean yeah like, did they even use him in um I just drew a blank. Um, the one with the kids, Wolfman's Got Nards. Um, um, they the actually did use yeah. him in Monster Squad, but a different version of him. Right. If you compare it, there's several different variations of the creature. And then there's a gender swapped Joan Rivers version of Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. There is. <laughs> that is true. Uh, is it available anywhere right now? Usually, you can get it on Amazon. You can... Yeah, you can rent it yeah, on Amazon. It, it, it's pretty much universal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Amazon got it. has it for rent for like $3.99. Yeah. So. It, it's good for, you know, I, there's nothing on to watch. and. Yeah. 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 I do remember when I was in high school, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> they, uh, they had the 3D version. They were, they were going to be doing on TV. Actually, it was shot in 3D. Yeah, yeah. They said it was originally shot in 3D, but they were airing it on 3D on regular TV. Right. And the only way you could get the glasses was to go to 7-Eleven to buy a right. big gulp, and, and then yes. they would give you the set of glasses to yes. take home and watch it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, actually, there was actually numerous uh, different cameras that were being used to film it underwater. But the um, gentleman who did the underwater scenes, um, so a lot of my um, effects people will know who Ben Chapman is. Browning was actually in several different movies. And he was phenomenal for doing underwater because he had really good lungs. Yeah, it's saying here that he could hold his breath for up to four minutes. Yep, which back then was the record. Yeah. Now, of course, they have competitions for diving. 
Um, but Ben Chapman's been in a lot of different movies as well. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I was going to say, you have it up there. Look at Ben Chapman. He's on the script. I do have it. I, I do have this up here. Yes. I was just interested. Uh, his discography his is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I was just looking through some of the trivia of it. And Forrest J. Ackerman, which is a horror and science fiction writer for Famous Monsters of Filmland Magazine. Yes. He uh, he bought the mask and the claws for yeah. the costume. So. And, and as far as I know, still has them. Yeah. Uh, he says, it says he, he bought them from a young man that once used them as a Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. It's like didn't even know what he had. Dude, you're you're wearing legendary stuff right now for Halloween. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. And you said who? What? Ben Chapman. Ben Chapman. Does he's, he have a rat? <laughs> no, but he's synonymous in Syn- the industry. Synonymous. Okay. I know I saw his name here a minute ago. Where did I see it? It should be under cast. Uh, Rich Carlson, Julie Adams, Richard Denning, Antonio Marina, Nestor Paiva, Whit Bissell, Bernie Gozer, Henry Escalante. Uh, I don't see Ben Chapman. There he is. Where? Oh, he's way down here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you want to know things he's been in? Well, the audience asking? might like to know. Oh, okay. Why he's so synonymous. <laughs> Why are you so synonymous, Mr. Ben Chapman? Um, <laughs> That's an incomplete sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he only actually has eight credits as acting. And um, they are? So, Pagan Love Story. He was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma and Paul Kettle and Waikiki. Creature from the Black Lagoon. The Colgate okay. Comedy Hour. I'm going to keep those teeth clean while you're laughing. Uh, My Little Margie. Jungle Moon Men and Adventures in Paradise TV series. That's that's his that's his acting credits. So yeah, it, it's the Mom Pa Kettle one. Gotta love Mom Pa Kettle and Waikiki. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> lost lost track of how many times I see that on the AFI reel. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Mom Pa Kettle. Jeez. <laughs> Get your ass back home. We're in, a, we're, we're, in a, we're in a virus situation here. You can't be in no Waikiki. So, yeah. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. If you have time after your 30-some-odd Godzilla movies and then Dagon, <laughs> um, check that out. Came out in 1954. So, a year oh, before. Came out a year before Godzilla. Well, actually, same year, I think. Same year. Was it the same year? Same year. Okay, same year. So, <laughs> the Japanese are making a giant lizard, and America's making one that eh? captures women. So. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. Paul, uh, have you ever seen it? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, it's one of my favorites. That and uh, Bride of Frankenstein. <gasps> so I guess I like yes. the sentimental Universal Monster movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a Man After My Heart. Is this where I go that it happens to everybody all the time? It does happen to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, check that out. Uh, we're moving into number two for Paul. All right, Paul. We, we, we had some HP Lovecraft. Where are we going now? Well, 
get ready, audience, to go through the exact same thing that you, that Chris just put you through. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. Because we're going to move from an aquatic semi-romance tale to another aquatic semi-romance tale. <laughs> and that is? This is The Lure, a Polish movie from 2015. Wow! And you can you can rent it on Prime, or if you happen to uh, be into the artsy fartsy movies like I am, you can uh, sign up for the Criterion Channel and get it for free in their streaming package. Okay. Well, ten ninety nine a month, but it's all good. It's a good selection. Okay. Uh, so the lure is a sort of take on the Little Mermaid. That is a romance comedy musical horror film wait you said musical i sure did oh boy (laughs) so with it being a musical whenever i explain the plot you'll see why it's musical Ah. um so the movie begins with two mermaid sisters that are off that are kind of just waiting uh, uh, nearby where a three band members are playing near a bonfire. Okay. One of them kind of gets captivated by the guy that's singing closest to the shore, and they end up uh, trying to call out to them with a siren call. Immediately captivated by them, they bring the mer- they bring them the mermaids back to where they work, which is a cabaret. Oh. Yes. I will go ahead and say it's very uncomfortable. I just, I am new to this movie. I just watched it today. <laughs> uh, Does she love Tell Me I will, I will admit that it, it is very uncomfortable in the beginning because it's just straight up like them only wearing jackets and the uh, cabaret owners like, the cabaret owners like uh, going to the their green room where their their where the band is like set up and they've got the two girls. He's like, this is an adult establishment that sells drinks. He's like, no, no, you, there's something special. You got to see this, boss. And he like sends two of the band members out, and then he's and then the other band member says, okay, take off your clothes. And like, you just said they looked underage. What's going on here? <laughs> So, alrighty then. They get they sit down they sit down on the couch and the band member uh, pours uh, gr- gets a glass of water from the sink, pours it on their legs, and these huge fish tails come uh, come out. And I'm uh, and if you look at the trivia on IMDb, these fish tails that they use in the effects are six foot long. Six foot long. Weight over 50 pounds? pounds. 50 pounds. Over 50 pounds. Yes. They look that heavy. <laughs> That's a mess of fishtails. They are. That's a lot of sushi. the actresses are tiny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what are they made out of? Do we know? I don't know. I, I do probably not know, but they have, they, have a, they have some intricacies to them. Like, you can tell there's some individually pieced scales and stuff on them. Silicone. Yeah. But, uh, so the, uh, it starts playing with, you know, if you start watching it and you saw that it's based on Little Mermaid, you see that they're taking massive liberties for about half the movie. Yeah. And then it really starts, and it also doesn't feel like a horror movie for about 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden they casually drop that, uh, 
one sister is telling uh, the it's the blonde and a brunette, and the brunette sister, uh, Golden, tells her sister Silver that she shouldn't fall in love with the human, and she's like, "I'm I'm not going to," and he's like, "Could you eat him?" And then you get into the fact that there are man-eating fish people. Oh. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a catch in every relationship. (laughs) Yes. It really throws a wrench into things. Uh, But if you know the original tale of Hans Christian Andersen, like the non-Disney version. Yeah. It's a tragic romance. Oh, Oh, wait. Yeah, falls in love with the human. Turns into sea foam. Turns into sea foam. That's exactly right. So they treat it like a curse, like a uh, almost universal monster movie curse in this, that if she falls in love with this human, like gives her heart over to him, she will turn into sea foam. And the only way to counter it is to devour the flesh of the man that she fell in love with. Ah. Wait, all of him or just a little piece? And are we talking, can we just like chop off a leg and it call it today or, you know, it's got to be an arm? I mean, I mean, it's, it's fairy tale horror. They're not very specific. Of course they never are. (laughs) Um, but movies got style and spades. I will admit there's quite a bit of nudity, but you know, I mean, taking place in a cabaret, the music's pretty solid though, because like, it's not a musical. There's a couple of scenes where they sing, you know, like actual musical style, like they're singing about their feelings and stuff like that. But for the most part, mo- all the musical numbers are actually like club acts with like very stylish set pieces and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, because based on looking at some of the images of it, uh, it looks like it, it's musical because it's like a, a club and they sing and yes, absolutely. stuff like that, as opposed and to a Disney musical kind of thing. Uh, yes, and it's very power pop, like Euro power pop. So if you happen to be into Goldfrap or the music they played in, like the Charmed soundtrack, okay, it's very much like that. Ah, okay. Nice. I uh, I like the fact that it came out on Christmas Day. <laughs> it, yeah, it's actually a really solid movie. Uh, tonally. If if somebody's in if somebody really likes the hunger like the David Bowie Catherine Deneuve film from the eighties right or maybe uh, Spring that movie that came out a few years ago which I right. also recommend and is free on IMDb TV and Tubi TV right where a guy falls in love with a chimera it's long it's pretty much along those lines very experimental kind of sentimental. Uh, but uh, good, good. Uh, just it's like ninety minutes. It really just kind of zooms along. So it, it's it didn't have a whole lot of slow parts where you're just like, come on, get on with it. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> didn't have time for that. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. From Poland, so it, it, it is English dub then. No, it is English subtitles. Ah, okay. okay. I, I, yeah, I guess I should say that's another caveat. But yeah. It's, I got to say, I'm probably going to pick up some of the songs on the soundtrack afterwards. Cool. I want to hear them. All right. If you, if, for those that are our avid listeners, you, you already know that Paul is a is more of an avid foreign horror film fanatic than an American horror film 
Uh, but you just joining. You now know that. I just told you. Well, for anybody that, for anybody that would know the, that would know the movie, I nearly thought about talking about Mara Bito for this, but it's not streaming anywhere right. that I could see, and it also would be very uncomfortable to talk about that plot. Okay. <laughs> well, hence why I always ask Paul if it's English dub because I don't do subtitles well. That fair question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so following up with my last one. Uh, the Relic from 1997. Oh. That is actually based on one of my uh, favorite book series. Yeah? Yes, the Pendergast books. Oh, okay. By, by uh, mm, oh, why can't I think of those authors' names? <laughs> I don't know. Douglas Preston and... Uh, Mm. I cannot think of the other, other author's name. I'm going to slap my hand. Slap your anyways, hand. Anyways, I believe The Relic is the first or second book in the Aloysius Pendergast supernatural FBI novels. He's okay. not very, not as quirky in that movie as he is in the books. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the storyline for this one is a researcher at Chicago's Natural History Museum sends two crates from South America containing his findings. When the crates arrive at the museum, there appears to be very little inside. However, police discover gruesome murders on, a car on the cargo ship that supposedly brought the crates, and a murder soon takes place at the museum. And while investigating the murder, uh, the lieutenant enlists the help of the doctor that works there, and she's a researcher... She's a a uh, evolutionary biologist. What's her character name again? Uh, her character name is Dr. Margot Green, played okay. by Penelope Penelope Ann Miller from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, she takes an interest in the contents of the crates. Uh, and unknown to both, there are there's a large creature roaming around the museum, uh, gearing itself up for a benefit reception, which the city city's mayor is to attend. Um, Wait, the creature is gearing itself up for the benefit. Yes, yes, it's got its tux on oh, and everything. It's yeah, just, oh, is it like getting its hair done and pedicure? And yes, everything? yeah, gotta have that pedicure. God. Um, mm -hmm. I, I find that it's really interesting because. It's really kind of a, a movie between science and superstition because they talk about that a lot. Like the police mm -hmm. officer is very superstitious, you know, don't walk over the dead body, it's bad luck, or which way is that penny facing, don't pick it up, if it's heads up. Is that, is that, is that Pendergast in the book, in the movie? Pendergast. Uh, is that the character name? Uh, no, it's Lieutenant Vincent DaCosta. DaCosta, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, played by Tom Sizemore. Yes, yes, yeah. he, he's, he's part of the book series. Is he? Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but I, in the underlying of it, I think is also uh, more about uh, greed versus science as well, because she's got um, someone she works in the museum with that is seemingly trying to always downplay everything and take away all her grants 
So I think there's a little bit of that in there, and it shows how he's always trying to up, up one-up her to get any grant money that she's after. So I think there's a little bit of that in there, um, just underneath the whole science versus superstition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I like it because it's got a lot of history into it, um, because they do talk a lot about the super like it opens up in Brazil with a tribe doing a ritual, um, which then leads to the stuff being sent to the museum, and then they talk a lot about the the displays and the superstitions and a lot of different other and, and some of it could be made up, but they talk about different tribes in different areas of the world and some of the rituals that they perform and stuff like that and the scientific ideas behind them. And that's what really intrigues me about the film. Um, and then the, the, the final uh, discovery of the creation of the creature uh, is very, very interesting. I remember, I remember liking it back whenever it first came to video. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that was, I think I was 13 or 14 at the time it came out. Uh, that was whenever I got a liver disease. Oh. And I was bedbound and constantly getting sick. So there's a handful of things. Cherry Kool-Aid, that movie, a, play, a PlayStation game called Alundra that I was playing at the time that all just immediately make me feel like queasy back to the way I was. Oh, okay. So, like, I do I do concede it's a good movie, but I tried watching it, and you get a nasty taste in your mouth. I don't know. Memory things are weird. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and for your information, uh, Chris, the uh, works on this film were done with Stone Winston. They actually had uh, three different creatures with uh, two people moving the heads and people on the side working with the electronics to make the arms move and the claws and the mouth and so on. I do remember the creature being cool. <clears throat> Very cool, yeah. Um, Paramount evidently had some issues finding a museum that would let them shoot there uh, because of the way the, no the novel portrayed the museum's administration. <laughs> um, so Paramount offered the museum a seven-figure sum of money to film there. Yeah, the administration was worried that the monster movie would scare kids away from museums. Quite opposite, though, really, because kids are like, there's monsters in a museum? Hell yeah, I'm going. As a matter of fact, they got two kids in the movie that are going to the museum to see the monsters. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it does say that the character, the Augusta, is actually a melding of two of the characters from the book. Um, which is the Acosta and Pendergrass kind of rolled into one character. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Because I was like, I don't even remember Pendergrass being in the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was which really is, torn. Which is, a, which is a shame because, uh, the best way I could describe Pendergrass books, it's like take an X-Files plot and put a landed Southern gentleman Who's all who's all the way into supernatural, uh, supernatural stuff and science? Huh. Okay. Yeah. Very quirky character. That does sound kind of quirky. Yeah. 
Huh. Good books. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was Penelope's first horror film. Uh, she was drawn to the director, Peter Himes, to have a strong female lead. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Sizemore was attracted to the film because he got to play the male lead. Uh, says had the responsibility <laughs> of pushing the narrative forward. I guess it was his first time to actually land something other than a supporting role. Supporting role. Supporting roles and jerks. Basically yeah. is what his career is. Right. And yeah, I've, I, uh, I realized after re-watching it again that I was like, oh yeah, he usually plays kind of an ass. Yeah. I always think of uh, I always think of him in natural board killers whenever I think of him first. Yeah. <laughs> they were uh, actually looking at Harrison Ford to play the uh, the Augusta role that evidently went to Sizemore. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So, oh, and just to let y'all know, if you're really interested, the uh, creature is called the Cuthaga. And evidently only had about four minutes of screen time, so. But, yeah. Really? That's what it says. Huh. Uh, It says it was originally set to open in August of 96, but the special effects work delayed it until sometime in 97. So, it was Audra Lindley's last feature film, which I believe, who was that? The uh, administrator was, uh, is pretty well known as well. I think that's, uh, yeah, Linda Hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every time I see her now, I always think of uh, Edna Moore and guests, <laughs> which I think they actually based the look off of that character from her. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. Lots of creatures. Lots of creatures. Yep. I, w- I was really torn between this one and Mimic. Because I really like Mimic as well. Mimic is... Semi-frustrating if you know what Del Toro wanted the movie to be originally. This is true. If you've ever delved into anything Del Toro had to say about the film, there was a whole lot left out that he wanted in there. Yeah. The the director's cut's not even possible. Like, no. there's a director's cut, but it's sort of haphazard because they didn't ha- weren't able to film everything he wanted to film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if he had a, a director's cut, it would have been more like... Uh, uh, the stand or something eight hours long. <laughs> <clears throat> so, all right, we now you now have your homework for your isolation creature features. We've given you yes. about forty. Get scared of things with fangs and claws versus viruses. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, and plants. Mm-hmm. Gonna have the plants in there. Um, so yeah, that's what. Uh, you said how many Godzillas? 32, 33? 32 movies. 32. So 35 total if yeah. you count all the American well, films. Well, if you're adding in the two creatures from the Black Lagoon movie she's recommending. So yeah. That's 
Chris recommends 35 movies. Yeah. I kind of recommended three. You kind of recommended three. Right. So you, you got your work cut out for you this week. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely, uh, check them out. Come uh, check us out on social media. Tell us your thoughts on some of them. If you have a, a feature, creature feature of your own, let us know. Uh, you can find us. Our links for our social media are also at fearcentral.net. They're all right there at the top. And you can choose your favorite one, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whichever. Um, but definitely check those out. And uh, I just lost my train of thought, Paul. Stay scared. Oh, yeah. We could go that route, too. All right. So <laughs> y'all be safe out there. Uh, don't be spreading around anything that nobody else wants. And uh, yeah. stay, stay home. Unless you absolutely need to get something, stay safe. (laughs) And as always, stay scared. Fear Central is a product of Thoughtbox Studios. For more information, visit thoughtboxstudios.com.